0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision.
1: Well, you might be uh, impressed, encouraged uh, that there are Christian leaders who are thinking very carefully about the question and uh, their input into how that question might Uh, ...come about on the actual plebiscite form, well that's yet to be seen because the government's also got their own people who are looking to frame a question for the plebiscite and I think they're not too far away from actually coming up with some sort of a a question to put to uh, the Australian people. Dr. Bill Salia is the Principal at YouthWorks and the Director of Theology. He's involved in a group that's thinking very carefully about not only the question that will appear on the plebiscite paper, but also materials that help Christian believers to understand and think and talk about that question. Bill Salia's is joining us as our guest through this coming hour. You can join us, our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Bill Salia, welcome back to 2020.
2: Yeah, thank you, Neil. Uh, Great to be with you again, and uh, hello to all your listeners.
1: Well, Bill, always love conversations with you on some of these really important topics, these important issues that are shaping the future of Australia. And sometimes in conversations when it comes to the issue of marriage, uh, people have said to me, uh, commentators, that, uh, you know, climate change is not the biggest issue facing the world. Uh, For us in Australia, it's culture change and the marriage issue is very much uh, part of what is changing in our culture if Australians decide to vote uh, for a marriage equality or same-sex marriage, homosexual marriage. This is a big, big issue that I know you've been very, very uh, intense about in the way that you've been thinking.
2: Yeah yeah it's obviously an important one because we're dealing at youth Works college with children and youth all the time and uh one of the groups that will be particularly affected by a cha- any change to the definition of marriage is uh, is children because children are obviously the product of marriage and uh we would kind of say that, well, we would assert that the best uh, situation for children to be brought up in is in a, uh, a stable marriage between a man and a woman as uh, as God has intended. So we've been doing uh, a thinking here at YouthWorks College and obviously uh, in, the, in the churches more broadly uh, it's been a conversation probably in the background, it, it wasn't as quite as prominent as we thought it was going to be in the uh, federal election. But uh, certainly the the Turnbull government did um, commit to a uh, a plebiscite uh, on the issue um, sometime after they got re-elected. So I'm assuming we'll be hearing an announcement about that sometime soon. But um, it's all all gone a little bit quiet, I think, hasn't it? But no doubt it's going to heat up fairly soon.
1: Look, I don't know exactly what is perfectly current today, but just a week or two ago, I recall that the... Uh, The Attorney-General was uh, working on the actual plebiscite question, and I imagine that uh, that hasn't been announced yet, so I'm I'm assuming that there might be still some opportunity for submissions and for thoughts on how that question might look. Uh, You've been involved in a number of sort of think tank groups that have been talking about that question, Bill.
2: Yeah, yeah, well not not so much the question itself. We we're, we're waiting to see what that will be, but certainly uh how do we respond to the issue generally and uh help people to uh, to think it through and again my particular angle is with uh, children and youth but uh, there there is a more general conversation I guess the 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 feeling of the people I've been speaking with is that um, uh, the the Christian uh, population for one reason or another has been a little bit quiet on this and uh, and we feel uh, that there's probably a little bit of confusion amongst people about how to actually respond it's such a such a complex issue um, that uh, that comes in play but um, yeah yeah, we, we, we feel that uh, soon, soon the, pro- the debate is going to be very public need to be ready uh, and help people to be ready to engage uh, as, they, uh, as they come to it.
1: I wonder if the government when they announce the question will announce the question as it will be in its final stage or whether they'll announce it as a draft and there'll be submissions as to how the question should look. I guess there'd be an ideal situation that a draft question might be released and then people will have an opportunity to comment on that. Any, any thoughts yeah. about how that might yeah. work as a process?
2: Yeah. I, don't know how, I don't know the full details of that, but certainly I agree with what you're saying. That would be the best way to go about it, but I also suspect that, um, that people aren't looking for a protracted debate and that would mean there'll be two debates, uh, one about the question, and then once the question is established, then there 'll be another debate and certainly, from the uh, the side that 's opposing the plebiscite, uh, their fear is that that bait, that debate could become um, you know heated and uh, and nasty quite quickly now i don 't think that 's necessarily the case, but uh, I suspect the government I mean, my feeling is the government would be reticent to have two debates. And so they may just announce a question and be done with it. But uh, like, like with all these things, the question you ask is really important because it's the kind of you, you It can sometimes the question can determine what kind of answer uh, you are leading towards. Uh,
1: that's right. The concern would be that the question's somehow rather a leading question that might lead people yeah, to actually, uh, you know, vote. Uh, yes or vote no. I mean, I suppose if you're on the uh, the vote no, we don't want any change side. Uh, you want to keep the definition of marriage between a man and a woman then uh, then you hope that the question will be leading people on that direction because uh, uh, all of those who are wanting change and of course that minority has a very loud voice uh, the concern is of course that uh, that the question will lead people along the line of uh, of introducing change when uh, when those who are on the side of marriage between a man and a woman say that uh, that's not necessary
2: yeah, that's right, that's right. And, and here's, here's where language becomes really important. So uh, I've heard two phrases being used in the debate. One is uh, we're, we're talking about same-sex marriage, and then the other phrase is we're talking about marriage equality. Now, I suspect people would be more inclined to vote yes to marriage equality because it's a, more, it's a broader thing, and, and who doesn't want equality? Whereas if we narrow it to same-sex marriage, uh, all the statistics tell us that, people, that the majority of Australians still want to vote for that. But it actually just changes exactly what you're looking at there as you come to it. So this will be really important, and uh, and I guess the government doesn't want too complex a question. Um, you know, are we going to change the definition in the Marriage Act or whatever it's going to be? Uh, I think these things are extraordinarily difficult in the history of of referendums in the past. I, I, I think back. I know it's not a referendum, but I think back to the referendum on the uh, republic. Uh, that that was possibly lost as much because of confusion about what we were asking or being asked to vote on than the actual issue itself.
1: Well, this is where listeners might like to input today. What would your preference be to see on a question on the marriage plebiscite? Because even as you say, Bill, uh, perhaps there'll be reference to marriage equality or perhaps there'll be reference to same-sex marriage. Actually, uh, from the vote no side uh, for any sort of change, you would not even want any of that terminology in the question. You would be saying along the lines of, uh, you know, do you uh, uh, want to see any change to our current definition marriage definition? Marriage. <laughs> because our right. current marriage definition, that's where we are. I mean, that I hope that it's not uh, missed uh, in the way that the question's framed.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. But uh, so I oh, would be interested to hear what your reader say, because uh, listeners, because uh, this, this may well be an opportunity for them to engage uh, with their local member. If, uh, as you say, that first alternative comes out, there's a couple of proposed alternatives for the question, or at least that starts getting aired. And uh, and one thing I, I guess about this whole debate is uh, alerted us to the fact that uh, as Christian people, we we live in a democracy. We have an opportunity to um, to participate. Uh, And if we don't participate, then we will lose that opportunity, I guess, down the track.
1: Uh, Well, wanting to invite our listeners to join into our conversation today, and you might have an important contribution to make. And over the next few minutes, if you wanted to uh, perhaps uh, get pen and paper and write down a few simple questions uh, in the way that you think that the marriage plebiscite question might look, you can be a part of our conversation, our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. So 1-800-316-316 to contribute to the conversation. How do you think the marriage plebiscite question should look? You might have your own insights or your own contribution to our conversation today with regards to the timing, uh, with regards to the way the whole thing might work out. Uh, You might have your own prediction as to how you think Australians might respond to a plebiscite question all about marriage. Well, 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Uh, Bill, it's exciting to know that Christian leaders are thinking about and talking about the plebiscite question, but you haven't just uh, gotten to the point where you're having a discussion about it. You're working also on a whole lot of uh, materials that might help Christians to understand the whole issue of marriage more more deeply.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and again, we're not alone in this. Uh, there are, I noticed, uh, I, I just got a publication the other day from uh, another denomination in New South Wales. Uh, we an extensive interview with a couple of people uh, trying to help people think about this. And, uh, and, and just talking with uh, with my colleagues generally uh, about a whole bunch of things, and I suspect this is uh, church leaders uh, in, in other places as well that are concerned about this. Uh, we, we just feel that um, there's probably room for uh, a little more teaching about the Christian view of marriage, uh, and when it comes to this particular plebiscite, just really thinking about um, what what kind of message uh, are we trying to communicate here? It's it's a it's a very tricky issue uh, in the sense that um, if there's going to be uh, if, if as all the polls say that uh, you know, the, the majority of the Australian population is in favour of some form of change to the Marriage Act and marriage equality and all the rest of it, then we need to be careful about uh, how we're participating in this debate, what the consequences of a, of a no might be. There's a whole bunch of uh, kind of related issues to the whole thing which we're trying to, uh, to tease out and to just to get people to, to start talking and engaging as uh, Christian people uh, with this. It's kind of been one of those back burner issues. Uh, when people think about it, they can sometimes get a bit concerned. Uh, uh, my suspicion is that uh, a lot of people are just are just confused About um, uh, you know that they want to be they want to be fair uh, they want to be um, not discriminatory to people and all the rest of it but at the same time they may have uh, also uh, deeply held or or shallowly held convictions about the whole question of marriage and and who ought to be married and the the right context for children and all the rest of it so it's it's an area where uh, you know people are um, you know uh, are a little bit hesitant I think about voicing an opinion but but it's it's a discussion that needs to be had.
1: Bill, I can't recall who I was talking to, but I'm recalling a conversation or an article that I've read. I'm not sure where I got it from, but the idea that because people, and if you had a family member or you knew a friend who was same-sex attracted uh, or a member of the LGBTI community, then somehow or other you were more inclined uh, to actually... Uh, put your mark on a plebiscite paper calling for change because you wouldn't want to upset or do anything uh, that might, uh, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, uh, be uh, negative or anti uh, to someone who was a family member or a friend. So the idea that even though uh, the number of people who would identify with same-sex attraction is very, very small uh, in Australia, only 2% is the figure that people uh, settle on, sometimes people go as low as 1.2%, but certainly those earlier figures of 10% were way, 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 way inflated. But if you settled on somewhere 2%, but in that 2%, uh, those people have family members, friends, work colleagues who wouldn't want anything Ill, uh, to come to uh, their friends who they love or their family member who they love and so they're therefore uh, inclined to vote emotionally about supporting their friend rather than necessarily thinking about this objectively is this something you've given any thought to
2: I know I think that's uh, that's absolutely true uh, I mean the the number of my friends who are in exactly that position that you describe who uh, either have a relative or a friend uh, who is same sex attracted. And, and we've got to understand that in our culture, uh, the issue of sexuality is so important that, that we're talking, as soon as we, and I guess this is part of the, the reason for the heat in the debate, as soon as you uh, appear to be against same sex marriage uh, or, you know, or whatever the related issues are, um, you, you're immediately uh, talking, seem to be talking very thinly about people. And, uh, and of course, uh, we we want to be on good terms with all people, uh, as Christians and as, as just people generally. We're very aware of how difficult it is in our culture to get on with people and the consequences of that and all the rest. So there is a lot of that emotional and and social pressure uh, to uh, to to do that, and that that's a very hard road I think for people to walk um, between uh, perhaps what on the one hand uh, that they they their their head or their convictions say, but on the other hand uh, then. What do I do with my friends uh, here at this point? Um, you know, uh, and it's it's a very difficult balance in, in Christian terms. People often start to relate this to the idea that we uh, we we love the the sinner, but but disagree with the sin or hate the sin, and and we can make that distinction. But that's not an easy distinction for people to get because because of the combination that comes into play. So I think there is a powerful emotional pull there. And, on the, other, and the other thing, of course, is that we live in Australia, which is an egalitarian country, we believe in, uh, you know, uh, rights for minorities and helping people, and, and just the question of fairness uh, comes into play uh, used loosely, uh, but that is also another powerful kind of indicator uh, or kind of push towards uh, a vote for uh, marriage equality, same-sex marriage, changing the definition of marriage, however we want to phrase it. So there's a, there's a lot of factors at play here that make this a very difficult issue for people, I think, to think through.
1: Well, we are talking about the plebiscite question today and taking calls on one eight hundred 316 let's take a call from glenn in hobart hello glenn welcome along to 2020
3: thanks bill <laughs> um i just wanted to make a comment um i'm reading um uh the bible now in uh, the book of mormons actually but um it actually states that um homosexuality or it talks about um obscurity uh that's a big word even for me but um I mean, spiritual darkness and stuff like that. So um, I've uh, suffered a bit. I've got an illness. And um, I've had uh, problems, uh, uh, sort of like um, problems through that. Harassment, anyway. And um, so I just live as an individual and and, uh, 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 go about businesses generally and make no comment on privacy. I don't vote, so... um, I
1: don't know whether I, uh, I'm, I should say anything. <laughs> uh, well, Glenn, you're saying you're reading the Bible or you're reading the Book of Mormon? They're certainly two uh, different books. No, they they,
3: uh, they give you a book. Of, uh, they give you a Bible as
1: well. Cost seventy dollars or something. Uh, okay. Down. Well, interesting position where you're coming yeah. from there. Uh, yeah. Some thoughts yeah. from our guest, Bill. Uh, your thoughts on what Glenn's sharing?
2: Yeah, Glenn. First of all, I guess I want to say, um, you know, sorry to hear about your troubles, which you're kind of alluding to there in the background. Um, but uh, I'd, I'd advise you to keep reading the Bible, because uh, there, there will be there'll be help there. Now, you've you've touched on the issue of homosexuality, and I'm not quite sure what passage you're referring to there. But uh, certainly, part of the debate is uh, is the is the Christian view of uh, same sex uh, behaviour or uh, same sex. Uh, I'm not, not going to say same-sex attraction because I think that's a bit different from behaviour, but certainly homosexual behaviour is uh, is one of the indicators that the Bible points to that a, a person is rebelling against God, and uh, and that that's along with adultery with a whole bunch of other things, and so you've you've kind of taken us to the to one of the the. Background issues behind the debate there, but uh, I'd encourage you to keep uh, reading your scriptures there, and I hope you can find some comfort and uh, you know in 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 the in the personal obscurity or, or darkness you feel you're going through.
3: Helping you
0: make
1: sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you on 2020, our talkback line open on one 316 316 You can join our conversation. We're talking about the question that might appear on the marriage plebiscite. You can contribute to our conversation on one 316 316 Our special guest is Dr. Bill Saleer, Principal of YouthWorks College in Sydney and Director of Theology. We're taking calls. Uh, Bill, let's hear from Steve in Parks in New South Wales. Hi, Steve. Welcome along.
4: Yeah, g'day, Brother Neil. G'day, uh Dr Salia. How are you both?
1: We're very well, thank you very much. What are your thank thoughts, Steve? Um, mine's um,
4: in the financial area. We're all aware of the major contribution gay and lesbian people make to every aspect of life, whether it be the trades, the professions, the sciences. And they do uh, work very hard, and we all acknowledge that. But I get a knot in my stomach every time I, I hear this subject come up. Uh, We're bombarded by it, and it has been going on for the last five years or more. Um, The question I have—it's a financial question relating to this—and this is one of my major problems. Traditional mums and dads find it very hard to balance the budget, you know, and uh, and, uh, you know they're they're struggling, you know, to put meals on the the table and get the kids through school. And my question is this to Dr. Salia is. On the payment, these things have got to be paid for. Now, what frightens me is is the federal government uh, stripping away family tax benefit A and B and the school kids bonus to pay for this gay and lesbian union. Well, That's my problem. I, I would vote no on the plebiscite myself. Yeah, let, some, my thoughts, uh,
1: some, some thoughts from Bill. Uh, Bill, your, uh, your response uh, to Steve. Yeah,
2: sure. Yeah, no, thanks, Steve. Um, look, uh, look, financial kind of things like that aren't my specialty, so anything I say here is really just my opinion from the outside. Uh, I, I think the cost you, be, you might be referring to, and it's up in the media a few times, is the cost of the plebiscite itself. I don't think, well, I mean, again, I, I might be totally naive at this point, but in terms of, of um, uh, granting marriage equality, uh, I'm not sure where the cost is Comes in the tax system and all the rest of it. I, I, I my my feel is that the uh, the uh, the measures that you've spoken about are independent of uh, of gay and lesbian people and couples. And and you're right. They uh, of course, everyone that's a citizen of Australia, whatever their sexual orientation, makes a contribution, makes tax, pays taxes and, and all the rest, and is also therefore entitled to uh, some consideration from the government in some ways. So, uh, but uh, when it comes to the cost of the plebiscite, I know some people have been saying uh, this is uh, an unnecessary cost that we should just let the parliament decide. My take on that, I think, is it's such an important social issue that uh, it's, it's, it's worth the cost. Uh, and it's been variously spoken about. There's all sorts of figures floating about. I suspect we'll probably never find the real cost. But uh, I think it's it's so important as a social issue in the in terms of what the consequences are for Australian society that uh, it's one that is worth canvassing um, as as other countries, of course, have done so.
1: Thank you to Steve from Parks in New South Wales. Our talkback line is open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Malcolm in WA. Hello, Malcolm. <laughs> Welcome along.
5: Yes, good morning, Neil and Dr Celia.
1: Malcolm, what are your thoughts?
5: It's a pretty hot subject, isn't it? It I, is. A, um, it's a hot topic. Yeah, I've just uh, come in on on partway through the conversation because I've just finished work. Um, but my view is I think um, if they do have a plebiscite, that it's going to be fairly tight because um, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm 57 and when I was a young man... Um, to be homosexual was really taboo. Um, you know, there were names for people um, who practised it. And um, so and a lot of the people I know around about my generation um, are totally against, um, you know, gay marriage um, because of the culture from, you know, our time. But uh, my biggest worry is with the younger generation, um, you know, like the millennials, um, who... Um, because of society and um, and the school system have been fairly efficiently brainwashed into you know accepting um, gay marriage as
2: normal. What do you think,
1: uh, Bill? Your thoughts on Malcolm's? Uh,
2: I, from uh, from what I understand, those who've taken polls and all these things would would uh, would say uh, precisely what Malcolm said that that it's more conservative towards the older age group and uh, and less conservative younger, but not uniform. Uh, and so, for example, uh, I think uh, I was reading about some survey the other day that uh, that women are more inclined uh, to uh, to view uh, whatever proposal is coming up more favorably than perhaps men, and so it it, it varies it also varies, of course, between uh, different ethnic and faith communities who so, uh, on the question of the tightness of the vote we, we keep getting told that or the seventy percent or thereabouts of the Australian population is in favor of uh, of changes uh, to, uh, to to marriage definitions and all the rest of it. I guess that 's the reason for having a plebiscite to see just how solid that figure is and uh, if it is that solid and there's a clear majority then uh, well then I, I think we, we move into thinking okay how do we how do we respond and how do we live in in a new world, but uh, the whole point of the plebiscite, of course, is to to give people the opportunity to express their opinion and to, to just to find out what what the strength of feeling is. Yeah,
1: fifty uh, seven year old Malcolm from WA. Thanks so much for input today here on twenty twenty. I'm fifty one. I didn't catch your age there, Bill.
2: Ah, uh, fifty six. Fifty
1: six. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, well, there's an interesting uh, issue there around ages, and uh, you've certainly articulated that well how there is difference and uh, perhaps uh, that word brainwash may be something that an older generation will think about the younger generation when it comes to this issue we're going to break for Vision National News and continue our conversation beyond the news if you'd like to contribute we are talking about the plebiscite question you might have your own thoughts on how you think the question should look you can give us a call our talkback line is open on 1800 316 316 we're back with more after the news just before we take another call uh, when it comes to material. Materials that might become available to help Christians think clearly about a biblical way of thinking of marriage uh, Bill uh, what sort of resources are on the drawing board
2: uh, I think we just, basically what we want really people to uh, revisit is just the, the basic teachings of the Bible, uh, Genesis, uh, Jesus teaching, how he, he reaffirms that uh, and uh, there's also uh, a number of uh, helpful interviews uh, that, uh, that I've, I've just noticed in a magazine actually which I'll be recommending to people about the whole issue of, of uh, childhood. Uh, we're also trying to help people just to think through the question of... Uh, w- one question that keeps coming up when I'm talking to people is do we have the right to impose our view... Uh, by voting no in a plebiscite Is, uh, shouldn't couldn 't Christians just do their Christian thing and not worry about what the rest of the world 's doing and so just just materials and uh, or even short answers just to help people do that uh, questions like uh, what do I say when they say and so you know all Christians are bigots, how do I respond to that and just try to uh, to, to resource people to have these uh, kind of conversations and again it 's all interesting these are all questions that came up. When I was talking with my students, uh, you know, they voiced these, uh, you know, one way or another as, uh, as thoughts that they've had or they've heard. So there's a, there's a number of things. So why do we believe what we believe? Uh, how communicate better what we believe? Uh, can we make it intelligible Um, and and how to respond to objections those kind of resources um, looking at maybe uh, talking about some Bible studies for youth particularly uh, just to revisit the basic teaching on marriage which we probably ought to be doing anyway irrespective of um, the the plebiscite or not Uh, such an important part of life that we really need to be kind of uh, you know straight on on what this means uh, to be to be married in the biblical framework.
1: Well, we'll be able to keep our eye on the YouthWorks site uh, because uh, there's lots of resources already available and uh, you'll no doubt be adding some of those to the YouthWorks site before too long. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Your thoughts about the wording of a question on the plebiscite? Uh, Someone who's been waiting very patiently since before the news, Lee is in Camerweel in Queensland. Hello, Lee. Welcome along. Hi, Neil and Dr. Bill. Lee, what are your thoughts?
6: Uh, Neil, uh, if we legalise homosexual relationships and uh, allow them to be in law as marriage, what will be the next thing we'll be asked to legalise? I'm thinking that having sympathy for those in a homosexual situation, knowing that counselling and help is available, uh, it's really something that God says no to. He says that a marriage is between a man and a woman. And uh, as Christians, it's our duty, I believe, to, uh, to, to make that known to the general public who may have fluid views on the subject. So just, I'll put a few words together to see whether or not this question might cover some of the aspects which we would agree with as we intend to vote no. Okay. Do you want homosexual relationships legalised as
1: a marriage in Australian law. Okay, do you want homosexual relationships to be legalized in Australian law? So there's uh, okay. a wording there. Let's uh, let's get a, a thought or two from Bill Salia.
2: Yeah, I think we need to make a couple of points here that the, the, the plebiscite will be really over the definition of marriage. Under Australian law at the moment, uh, homosexual behaviour, as I understand it, is, is decriminalised. Uh, and if that means it's legal, that means it's uh, it's legal that a person can't be prosecuted uh, for homosexual activity. And, and that's, I think that's correct. Uh, at the same time, also, uh, homosexual couples... Uh, enjoy, as, again, as I understand it, under Australian law, uh, all of the legal rights of de facto couples. The, uh, the debate really narrows down to the definition of marriage under the Marriage Act uh, and its implications. So I, I guess uh, what I want to say to Lee is um, that, uh, that we've really got to be careful about what we're discussing here. Uh, and we live in, uh, as much as uh, we live as Christians in a, a secular, pluralist society where we have every right to, uh, to talk about our view, but it also needs to be a society which governs for the whole and, uh, and not just for a few. And, and therein lies the tension and the problem in this discussion as we're talking about it.
1: Lee from Camerwheel in Queensland thanks so much for your input today here on 2020 and always inspired when we hear from listeners calling from Uh, communities where for the rest of Australia it's like very isolated communities well uh, when you're in uh, some of those outback towns regional communities you have a an ability to make a contribution to a a nationally heard uh, conversation you should take advantage of that Uh, you can be a part of our talk back conversation on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 Carl is in Warwick in Queensland hello Carl welcome along to 2020
0: Hey, how are you doing today?
1: Very well, Carl. What are your thoughts on our topic of conversation?
0: Um, two points. You were talking before about the differences of opinions between the older and younger generations. And I think it's not so much the difference between the generations, more between the locations and the industries people are in. So I think some of your cities and uh, more populated areas are quite a, quite a lot more for gay marriage where you're go into your rural towns and then change into some of the more heavy industries like transport and into the trade, it's a lot more against it. It's still more of a taboo thing. And uh, the second one was, I think I heard just last week in the AFL or something, they had a rainbow uh, section or something in the AFL, and I was thinking, this rainbow is turning up everywhere. It's about time that Christians everywhere somehow, as a big uh, concerted effort, decided to reclaim the rainbow, you know, about start writing letters or emails, Facebook to all these groups and saying, thanks for putting, you know, really, thank you for putting God's rainbow out for everyone to see and then let them know what the real meaning of the rainbow is. So, (laughs) Not getting up them, but saying thanks and let them know what it stands for.
1: Well, you know what? Having a great response to the meaning of the rainbow uh, is a good way to respond whenever you see the rainbow appearing on your social media. Uh, anyway, some thoughts uh, from Bill Salia, uh, Thoughts yeah. on what Carl's sharing?
2: Yeah, no, thanks, Carl. And uh, and again, that just your your comments just really reiterate uh, uh, Neil's comment there before. It's great to have this national conversation and to hear a whole range of voices uh, on the on the view of on on your point about. Uh, the possible occupations and locations of people, yeah again, uh, who, who I think you 're probably right that there are certain um, areas where uh, you know you, your, your view is going to be shaped a little bit by your circumstances, and uh, there 's no question that 's the case, and, and I guess again that 's why we have a, a plebiscite to uh, to let everyone uh, have their particular say on on a really important issue uh, like this. Reclaiming the rainbow, yeah, a great idea. Obviously the, the rainbow is a, a fantastic symbol of God's uh, commitment to his promises. Uh, every time we see that in the sky we're to recall that he promised he would never flood the earth again and great is his faithfulness. And uh, if we can take that opportunity to uh, to talk about that message then that sounds like a, a really positive uh, really positive point that we, uh, we need to get across there. I guess the other thing we need to say in all of this is um, that we've got to make sure that as we... Talk about this whole issue that we don't fall into uh, perhaps uh, what might have been an, uh, an older pattern of thinking, uh, which which did result in uh, the the persecution or the vilification of um, of, of uh, gay uh, LBGTI people. Um, again, we live in a democracy, we live in a society where people are entitled to um, you know, uh, live their life. We can disagree with that, but, uh, but there ought not to be uh, you know, bullying and violence and all those kind of things that, uh, that have, have often or sometimes been associated uh, there. So we've got to really be clear about what we're trying to say here. And it's, it's all about the, the definition of marriage. That we're really trying to say that that the the it's always been a definition of marriage between a man and a woman. That's uh, that's God's will. Uh, that's shown throughout cultures to be an accepted norm. It's it's the great context for bringing up children, and uh, and we change a definition like that at our peril, because we don't know what the consequences will be.
1: Carl from Warwick, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. We are discussing Christian thinking about the plebiscite question. If you'd like to contribute to our conversation, our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from David in Adelaide. Hello, David. Welcome along.
7: Well, yeah, it's really good. First time I've rung your show. I've rung the station very times, But listen, first comment... I keep hearing this business that we are a secular, plural society. That is a lie. Read our Constitution. Our Constitution says in the opening statements that we are a Christian society, a Judaic Christian society. That's what our Constitution says. And we've been hijacked by these people to believe a lie. And, you know, they, hij- they hijacked the rainbow. They hijacked the word gay. And it goes on and on. I hear the word awesome used all the time. Awesome means to worship. As Christians, that word should only be used for God. And so we just believe this lie after lie after lie and we start believing the lie is the truth. And I think Paul talks about that in one of the one of his letters. I can't remember which one it is. That that we can't be fooled to believe that a lie is the truth. And I think we have been believed. But I'm I'm but I'm still agree with you speaking there this morning. We must never deteriorate into hating the the uh, the gay and lesbian people. We don't have to approve of their behaviour, but we must never hate them because God is not about a God of condemning. He's a God of reconciliation.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, good thoughts there from David. And uh, just before we hear from Bill, as I reflect on the debate so far, uh, where I've heard Christian commentators who are attempting to have a voice to be heard in the overall debate, uh, I really, I think I can reflect and listeners uh, can also, uh, you have your own thoughts, but there has been a measured, uh, gentle, uh in yet firm contribution to the debate and uh, and I think that where there's been you know issues of aggression it's come from the other side uh, but uh, anyway your thoughts on on what David was sharing uh, Bill Salia
2: Yeah yeah if I could firstly affirm David's uh final point uh, about uh, love and reconciliation absolutely uh, and uh, and to reiterate uh, I agree with you Neil I've I've heard uh you know measured Firm, you know, uh, conviction uh, spoken, uh, an absence of hate language. The problem is, of course, that the temperature is changing, and that to, to disagree in some people's minds. Starts to it looks looks like and feels like it's being equated with hate. So we've really got to be careful with that. But I, I'm I'm grateful for uh, those who have spoken out and been on shows and all the rest of it, with the the moderateness of their language and the reasonless, trying to play the issues and, and all the rest. Uh, I, I can't comment particularly on the vitriol coming from the other side, though. Uh, again, um, I, I hear stories of uh, online disputes, but then that's a that's a whole different issue on david's first point are we a uh, a secular country or not i guess that that's really probably another whole matter for conversation that comes into play um yeah, and I'll be. I guess people are interested in seeing what comes about of the census. Uh, there's a general belief in God and all the rest. Uh, he's right, of course. Our society is built on Judeo-Christian values, uh, which we've inherited through uh, a long history of of, of reflection uh, in in Western democracies, particularly uh, with Christianity at the root. But I suspect the feeling of a lot of people would would be that uh, that it feels like our culture is drifting from that. Now, whether we've uh, totally lost those moorings, uh, is, is a, that, that would be a fascinating probably topic for discussion uh, that comes into play. But um, David raises a, a really good point. I, I note the passion in, in what he's saying, but I think I would respectfully disagree with him. But then we'd have to have a discussion about what a Christian or a secular society is, yeah, which, which is another whole topic for discussion. There.
0: Life,
1: culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020. On vision, We've been taking calls talking about Christian thinking about the plebiscite and the way the question might be framed and how we look at that as Christian believers. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. In fact, uh, we've got lots of calls waiting in line. I hope we can get through some. Let's take some uh, callers. You'll need to be fairly quick uh, in your uh, comment or a question today. Let's hear from Shelby in uh, in Sunnybank in Queensland. Hello, Shelby. What are your thoughts?
3: yeah neil um, great to hear the show again look um, my view is um we don't have like the purple bombers in the a f l and and this group um you know pushing this uh, pushing this homosexual marriage thing um we, we as Christians and churches, and I go to several because I spread the word, the vision uh, uh, word today and so on to several churches, and I do not hear any of them, um, you know, in sermons of any nature talking about, um, you know, this movement and what we should be doing as Christians and churches um, to, um, you know, advise the 92. Four 8% of heterosexuals people because 70-odd percent of them think it's okay.
1: Shelby, um, good point. I'll need to cut in because we are short of time, but Bill Salir, uh, an interesting point Shelby's making that churches are not talking about this from the pulpit.
2: Uh, I, I agree, and uh, that would be our informal... Um, thinking, uh, just talking with ministers and all the rest of it and, and parishioners, uh, yeah, general teaching about marriage, uh, raising children, raising families, all those kind of things, a desperate need for us to be uh, communicating the Christian worldview through the Scriptures. Thank you to
1: Shelby from Sunnybank in Queensland. Craig is in Horsham in Victoria. Hello, Craig. Welcome along.
0: Uh, hello. Thank you. Uh, just uh, just uh, Robert Bernardi and Andrew Broad, they're two good people, but I'll just give you a couple of quick... Um, Acts uh, 10.34 and 35, and Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation that one who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And Acts 16.31, and they, they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and all your household. So basically the... The government have to. They swear an oath on the Bible when they go to Parliament, so they've got to obey God.
2: That's all I've got to say. Thank
1: you. Okay. Well, uh, good you. thoughts. Let's hear from Bill.
2: Uh, yeah. Again, very quickly. I mean, um, yeah, people do swear on the Bible, and that's uh, but they, that's that's a voluntary kind of thing. Uh, not everyone needs to do that, as I understand it, in Parliament. In fact, we had it, one parliamentarian on the Koran. It's it's really a, an affirmation of their, um, their, their, uh, their affirming their uh, allegiance to. Uh, to do the right thing in Australia. That, those verses are very interesting, though, because what we need to remember in this debate is that, uh, that God does. Uh, Jesus died for all people, uh, no matter their sexual orientation, and all have the opportunity to come to him. Now, there may well be implications uh, beyond that, but uh, that, that wideness in God's mercy that those uh, verses refer to are something we need to keep coming back to.
1: Thank you so much to Craig from Horsham. And one other quick call, of Fran from Stahl in Victoria. Hello, Fran.
6: Uh, hello, how are you going?
1: Very good, Fran. You need to be quick.
6: Yes. Um, I just wanted to say I've heard David Arthur um and he's uh now Christian, he's released his spirit to God. Son Jesus. And I believe that if uh they study the word and that I think that uh, um they should uh be able to reach instead of being by themselves so long to let things sink in and homosex I don't know about homosexual marriage really, but I have two different values but uh two different ideas so because there's a lot of people here that install that i see and i uh really believed what david arthur said that you can be changed and that's all i've got to say really
1: a friend let's hear from uh from bill uh, bill do you have a response there for fran
2: yeah, a, a massive issue that, uh, again, in talking about uh, whether a person can change their orientation, they can certainly change their behaviour. Uh, that, that's that's uh, something that I'm not really qualified to speak on, though I, I noticed uh, with interest, Fran said she had uh, two views and was a bit confused and and not much to say, and and therein uh, is not the problem, but therein I think we hear a a fairly typical reaction, that this is a difficult debate, a difficult question, and obviously we need to think more deeply and discuss amongst ourselves about it.
1: Well, Fran from Stahl, great to hear from you. Thank you so much for your contribution today on 2020. And uh, time running short, but let me ask you about water cooler conversations at work, about those dinner time conversations for families, Uh, churches, you know, after the service, the sorts of things you'll talk about. Some of the resources that you're working on, Bill, are going to help people to have a biblical understanding of marriage. Uh, How soon do you think before we can expect to see some of those?
2: Uh, well that, that's a good question, it's in the, we've, we're in the hands of publishers but I just want to point you Neil that not only us but there are other good resources around uh, and people ought to be uh, you know, uh, googling stuff on the internet and having a look, talking to their pastors and asking, also asking their pastors uh, and other congregation members, let's get together and talk about this. We've got the scriptures uh, and we can do that. We're hoping to get stuff out uh, sometime before the end of the year, you'll see things but I'm sure you're going to see plenty of materials from uh, other groups as well which are going to give us lots of resources to think this through the key thing is i think to, uh, to to take these resources to heart to have confidence that the bible can give us a perspective and to to really get to know that so we can have a a, a wise and intelligent say in the debate
1: so if i point people to youthworks.net is that the best link to uh, what youthworks does as a college and uh, some of the resources
2: yeah, that will be a help there. Yeah, and uh, and just keep watching that space. But uh, that will certainly uh, give people a view of what's happening at the college itself. Yeah.
1: Well, Bill Salia, who is the principal of YouthWorks and director of theology, Bill, it is always so good getting your insights. And I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk to us again today on 2020.